Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Service Monster Podcast Live. My name is Joe Kowalski, and I'm your host, joined by Adam and Michael. And uh, today we've got a handful of topics we want to cover. We'll see if we can get you out of here in 45 minutes to an hour. Um, we want to talk about a new release that will be coming out just after this podcast. And we'll much anticipated. We've wanted to bring this to you guys for a long time. Of course, we'll cover an Ante Joe. We will uh, discuss some smug posts for everybody. Uh, but before we do all of that, Adam, what are we talking about today? Yeah, so we should kind of uh, queue up some fanfare, right? Uh, it's episode number 50 of the Service Monster podcast. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've had the Service Monster show. We've had the Ask Service Monster shows. Um, so, you know, we're, we're over 50 as far as overall content, but we're at the 50 mark for, pod, for the podcast. And we wanted to kind of have a little bit of kind of a, a special occasion. So we thought, you know, top 10 lists are always fun. I mean, I'm sure you guys remember watching Letterman or, or Carson, if you guys are a little bit on the older age. Um, Carson, that's a reference. <laughs> um, but yeah, going through the, the top 10, that was always kind of a fun event. And so we thought maybe this episode, we'd kind of uh, look at from the, um, the, the, you know, vision of someone who's not using Service Monster and kind of the the top 10 reasons that you would not be using Service Monster and kind of go through that, explain some of them. Maybe, you know, there is some merit to it. Maybe there's there's not, but uh, we'll just kind of go through these pieces and we'll just kind of chat about it. So and, how's that sound, guys? And instead of this, the shameless plug too, because that's, you know, obviously what we're doing here a little bit tongue in cheek, but this goes across the board. You know, our number one competitor is paper still by a lot you know it's not our actual competitors who create competing products it's pen and paper and so this can be applied to most not all but most crms uh this list is certainly catered to favor service monster but um yeah adam let's 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 roll you know i love that you started with that because it segues perfectly into what we're going to start is the, the the first reason is um Typically, you're a relatively small company, and maybe you feel you don't need a CRM, or as they say, paper works just fine. Um, so in kind of our discussions about this, um, we truly feel it's actually the opposite in a lot of ways. And so I guess I'll, I'll kind of let you take the floor on this one, Joe, because this is one we've talked pretty heavily about and how it's really important for getting through Hell's Valley. It's really important for setting up those processes and and this is where growth can oftentimes be the most important, right? So let's kind of dive into that. Yeah. I mean, the excuses for using paper might work if you um, are completely transactional, have no intention of regular customer follow-up, don't care if they call back whether you know you've serviced them before immediately. Um, paperwork, you know, it's hard to go through and create KPIs so you know where your business is headed. It's hard to figure out margins. I mean, you can dump some of that stuff into accounting program and then you've got some of it. Um, so you can do some paper-based stuff, but at the end of the day, if you want to break down of your items and how that works with your marketing and how your sales pipeline works for you, then it has to go into a system. If you want to follow up with them on a regular basis, a client retention program is going to help you grow. It'll be the thing that helps you grow. That requires a a database or a client list that you can get access to, that you can query, that you can flip, that you can can merge with your mail materials. So 
paper is fine if all you're doing is coming in, doing the job, getting the check and leaving. That's not building a business if you've listened, listened to us at all, um, especially over the last 10, 12 years we've been doing this kind of stuff. We talk about it a lot, that intentional client retention strategy, and that requires a data source. Yeah, it's also as you go on, whether your goal is to be a hundred thousand dollar business or to actually grow into something that, that's larger, because some some really do have that goal. Just I want to be able to support myself. Sure. And that's um but the big thing I've noticed from people I helped onboard who are coming from from a paper background, right, is you always have that intention of like you mentioned, yeah, but they're at least, you know, updating that to some, you know, maybe uh, QuickBooks is the most popular here in the US, right? But some sort of accounting software. So you're keeping basic receipts and and then inventory maybe if you're using some some items there but what i've noticed is that that works out well for the first couple of months like okay yeah, i'm gonna i'm gonna take my paper invoice at the end of the day i'm gonna go sit down here i'm gonna enter in everything that i did um and but it oftentimes doesn't hold up right it's like oh we've got a couple of months of data in here and then we just got lazy or we got busy or someone was out sick someone got injured and so forth and you're always going to have that extra time at the end of the day and if you get busier, it'd even be one, two, three, ten more invoices at the end of the day. At some point, you're going to stop wanting to do that. And then you have no easy just copy and paste kind of method as you fall behind. You're going to have to pay for someone to just do data entry for you or something of that nature if you want any of that historical information. So, yeah, And the other thing, too, is that there's a barrier to entry, right? People are like, paper so easy because it's free form. I can jot down anything. I can write down anything. I can calculate anything. Um, but that's all not only error prone, not only are you missing out on that data later as far as where it goes, but the perception of easier is not necessarily true. It is significantly easier than using a system for the first month or two. That is true. But once you've designed your systems around using um, a, a well thought out CRM, then your calculations are going to be easier. Your recall, your recall is going to be easier. Your collection of money is going to be easier. It's going to be more options to the client. They can pay online. I mean, there's just a million different ways that uh, that's going to be beneficial to you. So, yes, you don't. Need it. Got- I, I I think you need to get it on day one. Day two, day one, you get your bank account. Day two, you get your CRM, and that way you don't lose a single flipping client. Absolutely. And that kind of segues perfectly into the next one, which is something we hear relatively, you know, uh, commonly is, oh, Joe, I, I just don't have time or I don't want to go through training. I know it's going to take some effort and I just, I just don't want to necessarily go through that right now. It's the busy season. We, you know, we just had a baby. Um, you know, it's not a good time for me. Um, so, so on and so forth. There's, there's never really a great time. Uh, we were just talking about this in one of our meetings just the other day. There are always going to be, external factors. Now, sometimes they might be larger than others, right? You know, if, if an earthquake hits and it only hits every hundred years, that's not necessarily an external factor you plan for every single year. But events are going to be happening all the time. There's never a perfect moment. You're never going to have all the stars align and say like, okay, this is my two week window. I'm going to go in and I'm going to, I'm going to train it, train up. I don't have anything else to do and it's going to be fine. Um, you just never really, that's not how life works, right? And so, you have to kind of prioritize um, maybe some things that are a little bit lower in priority. You just bump for a couple of weeks while you go through that because you have to, any new software is going to take a little bit of time. Even if, I mean, I mean, you guys out there use Instagram, right? If, if you're like me, the app in and of itself, 
is simple. You know, its entire purpose is just to post pictures, basically, and be vain. I'm sorry, show your life to others. Um, nice. There's not a lot to it. But even then, you still have to take a couple of days to make sure you're not liking the wrong photo or making a comment where you shouldn't or things like that. And that's a basic software. Anything that's related to your business, guys, there's layers. And we understand that. And we're trying to make definitely the, the intro position easier. But we have these dedicated help articles. We have dedicated onboarding procedures. And we even have people who will help you on the phone live. So Yeah, and, and that's one thing that I'll tout again and again and again, because our competitors refuse to spend money on it, is that we have a live call center and you can call and get help. Um, and, and not having a time, enough time, I look at time like I look at money. It's a resource and you're spending it every single second, whether you want to or not. And so not spending it now versus not spending it later, right? So if it takes you a little bit of investment to get something up and running, but then over time, that's going to save you an immense amount of time in the long run and headache, and it will grow your business and allow you to stay in contact with your clients and giving them payment. All the, all the reasons why you'd want a CRM, that's going to pay off huge after you get over that initial investment period. Yeah, that kind of falls right into our conversation from, from last podcast, talking about opportunity costs. That's right. You know, so. So, yeah, the next kind of reason would be, well, Joe, there, you're just missing um, a very specific feature. It's sort of my deal breaker feature set. And if, if your CRM or if another CRM doesn't have that, I can't switch. So what, what's kind of your answer to that? So, I mean, there's two schools of thought, right? Uh, one can say you do need a list of features that are kind of non-negotiable for you, but you need to make sure they're the right ones, right? The ones that will drive your business forward. Getting hung up on one that you want for your own ego is probably not a great idea for your business, um, but there are ones that you can't live without. And I understand that. And sometimes Service Monster is not going to have them all. That's good. That's, I understand it's good. The issue though, is when people use that as an excuse to not move forward, right? Oh, I don't, all the CRMs are crap because they don't have ABC and I think that's critical. Okay, that's fair, but are you limiting yourself because you want something? And I've done this and I've done this with software where I have a vision in my head of what I want especially in the technical arena, because we use hundreds of different tools. Like my SaaS budget is stupid. <laughs> How much we pay a month in recurring revenue to all these different tools that we use, because I believe in tools. And, um, and you know, I did that to myself for a while. Oh, you know, I want this tool, but it, I wish it did ABC. Well, maybe that A, that wasn't their core competency. And B, what, maybe it wasn't as big as an issue as I thought, especially when clearing the groundwork for so many other good um, enhancements to the business. And so getting yourself out of your own way is important. Recognizing some core features, sure, absolutely. Uh, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And certainly don't choose an unscrupulous and you know crappy competitor just because they have, you know, the salesperson told you they have that one feature and it looks like there's a button for it. But then three months down the road, you realize, oh, this is not what I had envisioned for that feature. So be careful on that. Check your own bias. Don't get fooled. Make sure you're focusing on what's important. Yeah, definitely don't, you know, be sure that what the salesperson is selling you 
is actually what, what you're getting because there's a lot of manipulation that, that, that can happen in that process. And I don't remember where it was. I think it was Toby on one of the Facebook boards. If it wasn't you, Toby, then I'll give you a shout out anyways because you're always super helpful. Um, but I remember there was a discussion about this where um, someone had asked him, what CRM do you use? What CRM do you use? And there was this whole long discussion about various CRMs. Some people were like, yeah, service monster. And others were like, yeah, over here. And yeah, over here. Um, and I, like I said, I think it was Toby, but someone jumped in and were like, listen, none of the CRMs are going to give you 100% of what you envision as your perfect CRM. And it's just like you said, Joe, you have to find what you're truly wanting to look for. Like, are, are you someone who is very data-driven? If not, you should be on some level or hire someone who is. Um, then you're going to want something that has something that has access to that, right? Um, the reports you might need, the, the dashboards you might need or so forth. If all you care about is you know, maybe the schedule itself, or maybe you just care about the field service app, like the technician app, um, if maybe that's all you care about, then then obviously then that's what you're going to be looking for, right? But just make sure that you know what you actually need for your business to grow. So, all right, what do we have next? Um, yeah, so just general resistance to change. You know, hey, I, I don't feel like uh, this is necessarily the perfect solution for me, but... I don't really want to go through the change. It's good enough to get me by. My office staff likes it, even though it looks like, you know, it's from MS-DOS. But, you know, we get by because they understand they understand and navigate that, that system well. Or maybe on the flip side of that, maybe they're just happy where they are regardless. They don't really want to deal with, with, with the shopping experience. So what do you have to say about that? Well, I get this question a lot, you know, in my DMs. Hey, Joe, I want to switch, but I'm using this other thing. Convince me. And I'm like, look, bro, I'm not. <laughs> your subscription is more important to you than it is to me. Right. I mean, the $80 is important to us, but, you know, it's not that important. We don't want you to purchase a bad product or something that doesn't work for your business or something that promises an increase but doesn't deliver. And so my question always back to them is, what are you lacking right now? What are you missing out on? Well, you know, I have this product that hasn't updated in a long time and I see all these new features coming out. That's great. Which one of those new features is going to drive business is going to make you a better business owner? Um, and that, and the answer to that most often is, okay, there's a path there that I agree with, but sometimes the answer is no. It's like, you know what? You're good where you're at. Like you're doing well, things are being digitized. You're doing follow-up program. Your business is growing. You're getting, you know, your payments and so forth. It's like no reason to change, man. Um, and so taking a look at that on a regular basis, honestly, I think is a good idea, but being okay with staying where you are if the grass isn't greener. However, don't fool yourself just because you don't like change. And we see this behavior all the time, even the service monster users. We um, talk about how we have both five and six, service monster both five and six available to our clients. And the people who started on service monster five, 50% of those people are still using service monster five. And that percentage is going down, but you know, and now I don't want to get yelled at here. Sometimes uh, it, the perception is we might be making fun of you guys for not switching. That's that's definitely not the case. Um, 
we are interested and sometimes baffled. And a lot of times it's our fault. And then especially in the five to case, five to six case, maybe there's something specific, a five you like, but it's likely, it's most likely that you just don't want to, that your job is smooth and you understand it and you know how to do it and you know where the buttons are and you know how everything works and you like the schedule because that's where you live most of the time anyway. And those are perfectly valid reasons not to switch. They do fall in the category of, I don't want change. So the trap there becomes, if you dig in too long and too hard, you will get passed up by young bucks who come in and they have no problem switching stuff. Um, they have no problem learning new process. They have no problem learning the new best practice technique given the demographic. You know, millennials are 40 years old now, right? So, you know, when you're sitting down and trying to figure out how to sell stuff, um, that's that's a whole process that can go in with, am I missing out on technology that is available to me? And if you're not willing to make that change, I know some, I know a whole bunch of millennials that are doing it right now. <laughs> So that's the way I say to that. So first off, I'm pretty sure the upper cap is like 38, Joe. Let's not round up here. I mean, that, <laughs> it's, it's, 39 it's, get, it's getting we've, close. We've been it's saying that close. for a year. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've still got a few years. No, I'm totally joking. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think Joe's point there too. It's it's always one of those things you want to analyze. Like there is nothing wrong with having found the best solution or what's currently the best solution for you early on. You know, there are some people who find their love of their life in high school. And if it's truly the love of their life, then that's fine. And boy, I actually am going to get myself in trouble. I'm not saying the analogy is 10 years down the road, start looking if there's something better. Um, but Adam, I, what are you I do doing, mean, man? just from a business standpoint, you should always be making sure. Send hate that, mail to Adam. <laughs> no, of course, everyone. I hope you guys are in happy relationships, uh, truly. Um, but from a business perspective, <laughs> poor analogy, from a business perspective, though, definitely make sure that you guys are constantly making sure that that is still the truth, right? They, because if you get complacent, you don't ever want to have that, that complacency takeover. That's something we, we preach about a lot. So always be growing, right? Always be striving to be better. Hey, babe, I got this checklist we need to review every year. <laughs> Here's your report card for the year. Oh, oh. my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. Ooh, we were at an A minus, now we're at a B plus. So <laughs> a little bit of a downslide. No, yeah, um, babe, you need you work harder. <laughs> I'm gonna get in trouble with somebody. Oh, like I said, hope you guys are all in happy relationships. Um, I'll put your email in the show notes <laughs> okay. so people can contact you directly. Just give it my cell phone. We'll just, we'll just, <laughs> yeah, we'll mine as well. The middle man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the next one, we're gonna we're gonna talk about responsibility. Uh, specifically um love your response a bit but we do love response a bit um <laughs> give a little, little pitch here for kurt um they're they're a sales tool they, they integrate with a lot of uh, crms and we hear this a lot um on various cleaning boards because the people who use it absolutely love it it's one of uh, our favorite integrations that we offer and oftentimes you'll hear like well i would love to switch there's there's xyz reasons why i want to come to service monster but the integration with ResponseBit itself is better over here. And so uh, we're gonna we're gonna focus the conversation mostly about ResponseBit, but this goes for any integration, right? Some some integrations might work stronger in some CRMs than others. Um, and so that's kind of the general rule. If you have a very important integration, 
and you feel like it's stronger somewhere else and that's what's holding you back um yeah i I mean help is on the way i guess that's the short version of that we've met with kurt um a few months ago and uh their responsible 2.0 back end platform should be live here fairly soon and we will be from what they've said we will be one of the first integrations that they do and uh, we're going to make sure it's good we're going to make sure it's good on our end Um, i'm going to be involved directly in that project as much as adam will allow Um, (laughs) he gets good stuff out of me it just takes me a while to do it Um, (laughs) and i always have to send emojis that make it seem like oh i didn't see this what are you talking about i'm sorry i'm late (laughs) um but you know uh, it's coming it's coming i i'm not a big fan of the it's coming mantra but I do want you to know that not only are, do we feel this is important, but we want to work really hard to make sure that that um, integration for Responsibit is really next level, that it that it's really works very, very well and very seamlessly. And for those of you who don't know, what we're really talking about is Responsibit's auto sell bidding uh, platform. So people ask us all the time, yeah, we, we want a booking solution and we have a million ways to connect. So Service Monster has its own form where you can do um, basic lead capture and some scheduling options. If you want an order creation process where they go and they select all the things that they want done, Responsive Bid provides an excellent tool. If you're a geek, you can use Zapier or our web API directly. Um, I mean, we've had one individual who's been studying coding now for the last few years since he's been a client, and uh, he hooked up um, Elixir to dump leads directly into service monster. Hey, Alexa, give me a carpet cleaner. And uh, his, his, he was there, collected a few bits of information and then shipped it right to him. So I think it was a prototype, but we saw a video of it. It was super cool. So there's all kinds of ways to hook this up, but the whole, the best bidding option is responsive bid. I'd also add to that because I, part of my job is I, I collect feedback from as many sources as possible, but, um, Joe and I and the rest of the team are constantly, you know, surveying the landscape, trying to find what new feature set and prioritizing where we want to build the app. And so we're, we'll always be doing that. But if you guys have something that you're incredibly passionate about as an industry or as a, as a group, this is kind of how you get these things to happen. If you see them on the various boards, if you post about it in Smug, um, if you're a current user, you can actually go into the marketplace and you can recommend um, an integration, and then we can kind of weigh that and be like, oh, we've got 10 requests in the last month. Clearly, this is a hot ticket item. Um, that's kind of how these things work, right? And saying democracy at its basic level. If you guys show that there's tons of demand for something, then we're, we'll try to prioritize that as best as possible because that's that's our goal, right? And Jeremy Higley just called us on that last night. Did you see that? It was a great I, post, little poll. I did, yep. And, uh, and he's good at pushing the ball forward, and he tries all kinds of different techniques. Love you, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> this, one, this one was my favorite one so far. Yeah, no, it was great. He actually got a lot of uh, a lot of responses on it. Right, it's which one of those then things, moves the ball and makes me and Adam talk about it. Yeah, yep. If you guys are if you guys are ever collecting data, this goes for your your own clients and such too. You're always going to want to lay it out in the way that it it doesn't take any effort from them. Just what's the best option? Boom, you lay it out. It's easy for them. If you if you have to like make them jump through hoops and write paragraphs and things like that, 
you're less likely. Now, you you want that. You always want as much information as possible. But the the basic step should always be simple because we got like 20 responses in a matter of hours. So, yep. so thanks, Jeremy. Um, the next one, uh, we sh- should have done this right after talking about Service Monster 5 because this is... This is big. We'll talk more about it um, here shortly. We have a, we have a little surprise for some of you five users um, coming up here. Mm-hmm. But rigid security rules. Joe, I, I have these users, but it's it's too rigid wherever you, you pigeonhole them in. They have too much access or not enough access to the app. What can I do? Well, um, we try to survey and develop best practices for the industry overall. And we do that by listening to owners. And so maybe there's a reason that we were motivated to make those changes that way for a specific reason you haven't thought about yet. Um, Also, help is coming here too. We've been talking about this for a long time and behind the scenes, we've been making slow modifications to it, but relying on uh, what we call rules instead of roles because we will in the future be able to give you a role creation tool and you can determine your own rules. And so we're, um, we're only one of the CRMs in the space that are developing that capability out. And so we hear you, but we also think you should like give up on that a little bit, <laughs> right? And that, that the effort is in the building the better business not in maintaining uh, an authoritarian grip control on your employees or giving them the responsibility of the keys to the kingdom. What it really comes down to is putting them in the box that works best for your business. um, And then, you know, developing policies, procedures, and follow-ups, checking audit logs and login in order to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. So, there's a there's a middle ground there in between authoritarianism and um, completely unfettered access to everything. So I, I would encourage you to not make that the deal breaker or not make that a, a massive point of contention uh, and help is coming. Yeah. So any of you service once or five users, make sure you pay attention roughly, we'll say 10, 15 minutes from here. So. <laughs> little teaser. Keep them um, around. I'll tell you now, you're getting agent roles, but we'll talk about it more later. How's that? Taking my thunder. No, we've already chatted about this, but uh, yeah, the, the the next one, this one comes up a lot and I'll just throw it out there. Joe, I need to do payroll. Why can't you just do payroll? I don't want to have to have multiple apps. Just let me do payroll. Yeah, well, there are <laughs> competitors that claim they do payroll. And all they do is add up the hours and multiply it by an hourly rate and then spit out a number. You have a calculator for that. Like, and that's all they do. They don't do any of the taxes at the federal level that you need to hold and L and I and, you know, I mean, your business owner, you know, the paperwork that you need to deal with in HR in order to get um, people a payroll check. So, QuickBooks and other platforms like QuickBooks who handle payroll have teams of lawyers and HR people that I don't want to compete with. We're a business app. We're not a HR app. Um, And so I don't know if we'll ever have that level. Now, we do have commissions that you can run reports on. We do have hourly... um, 
you know, rates that you can plug in and kind of see where your expenses are related to a job. So you can take a look at cogs and your margins on your cost of goods sold. Um, but I don't see us ever being a full-blown payroll solution. It's just too much of a complication for what we do. Our resources are better focused on the areas that you care about, which is scheduling and invoicing, because that's what you—that's how you guys use Service Monster. Yes, we built massive marketing, and you use that on occasion to help you grow your business, but you're in the scheduling and invoice section of the app 90% of the time. So, you know, that... I would say that it's about integration. Plus, we're moving into a new age. I used to be resistant to integrations 10 years ago. Not as a service monster. I always loved them to extend the product uh, capability. But hooking things up was a little difficult and getting things right was very difficult. in corporate America, when I worked back in you know 97 on corporations syncing data, it was a nightmare. Now, everything's so easy because everything's web-based, web API, Zapier, connectivity, and these connections just, you know, they're getting better and better every day. And so um, I'm sure that there are payroll apps out there dedicated to payroll that maybe that's what you should be focused on using QuickBooks payroll system because that's what we use and we're a 30-person company. So um, it works very well for us. So anyways, we use desktop though, not to, I don't know if there's a difference, (laughs) so you know. There's definitely a difference online and desktop. I mean, in the payroll, (laughs) you know, how it works and what it does to calculate. Yeah. And online, they have so many different versions you can get. I'm not even 100% sure the difference between all of them, like you said. So, Um, and yeah, I think the the big point there is I think some of you guys would would love for Service Monster to just handle across the board everything. Yeah. and in some ways, I'm sure yeah, we would love to as well. Yeah, There's, especially if they just, paid us twelve hundred bucks a month to be able exactly. To it. It's it's a resource thing. I mean, anytime you're devoting the time on a particular project, I mean, the opportunity cost, right? We just talked about this last last podcast, and so uh, unless we would massively raise everything in our entire business model, then you know. We're focused on what's going to give you guys the most value relatively quickly. And like Joe said, there's plenty of of uh, other. Op- offers and one of them we actually integrate with with quickbooks that can handle that for you so cool um and this one it, it does fall under the the specific feature set but i wanted to talk about it um because it's getting more and more prevalent especially with covid um and just the online nature of everything and that's well joe i, I love service monster but we need a more robust portal like an online portal that the, the customer can, can pay can schedule can do everything that they need to do so what's kind of your response to that? We have um, we have some of the tools, especially for residential, makes it easy for them to pay, makes it easy for them to approve an invoice. I mean, you can you can go through the whole process and never actually physically be present with the client, especially if you do exterior cleaning services, right? So if you're doing outside windows and pressure washing, uh, then you can do the whole thing without ever meeting them from the approval of the order to the completion of the work and the payment itself. Um, sure, if you have commercial accounts and you want them to be able to log in and do history and all that kind of stuff, that sounds great. Um, they're still not participating at scale though. Right? The, the purchasers of those companies, some of them will get involved and then it, it's great when they can go find stuff and they certainly want it. Um, and it's something that we're building out but I, I don't think as an industry as a whole, that whole side has been really tapped into. Um, 
and you know, again, it's something that we want to expand upon, but, um, we give you the basics now that really help get the bills paid. Yeah. One thing I always kind of, when, when this discussion gets brought up, um, cause believe me, we, we talk about this all the time. We talk about features all the time, dream about them sometimes. It's, just, it's all up here. Now, um, the, how many of you guys, and again, we have to remember that you're not necessarily your, your client, right? I mean, that goes for us as well. We're well aware of that, but how many of you guys enjoy logging into, you know, every app that you like and have a specific username and login just for that, just to see one or two little things. I mean, if you, if you had a cleaner come over, would you want to log in through their portal, their website, whatever, and, and pay through that? Or would you just want to have something sent to you? Just basically like, yeah, just, just, just shoot me the bill. Would you want to maintain a username or password or things like that? And that's, I think, the point that Joe's kind of making is that the engagement isn't necessarily always there. I've had a couple of users who came over and were kind enough to basically sit down with me and record just some basic feedback. And one of the big ones was um, the CRM that they were using. I, we're not going to name names or anything, but they had focused very heavily on a feature similar to this. And basically, all of the development for almost a year went towards that. And while it was one of those kind of shiny and cool features, he had zero engagement from any of his clients that were using it. And so he's like, yeah, I guess it's nice that it's there, but none of my clients are actually using it. And so is it really worthwhile? It didn't and move so, the needle. We're, you know, yeah. we, we look at things that will move the needle in relation to how you use the product. So you know, Service Monster's usage is centered around scheduling and invoicing. I spent 12 years making sure the marketing was badass and that's great, but we don't have the participation numbers. It's not like 80% of the people use our drip campaigns, right? So um, it's really on focusing on those things that will make huge impacts, small moves that will make big impacts and uh, not forcing a client to log in, but being able to send them a link to just pay. Um, that's a, There's a big difference there. Yep. Um, so Might want to pick one, up the pace on these. <laughs> so the we, 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 we got two left. Okay, um, that's not bad. This last one's very near and dear to me because I dealt with this uh, very heavily on the onboarding side. Um, and it's, man, I love Service Monster. I'm, I just started using it, but I'm overwhelmed by, by features. I feel like there's there's features everywhere. Uh, I can do a lot. And when I when I first dive in, it, it takes my attention away from what I really need to do. Um, and I'm just, I'm scared that there's too much for me to learn here. So what would you kind of say to them? Well, first of all, um, I don't know if you saw it, but John Corrett's been circling again. And um, we love John, very controversial figure, loves to stir the pot. But if you listen to him, <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, he's got, he's got, he's got a good head on his shoulders. Um, he looked at Service Monster, what, a year and a half ago. And he was very vocal about the whole thing, which is awesome. Um, and for him, it was overwhelming. It wasn't simple enough. It was too big. And we have worked long and hard to clean up that entire process, our mobile product and Service Monster itself, so that your experience coming in is very um, focused and fluid. Lots of easy training to get access to. You don't have to talk to somebody to learn how to use and understand the product. Um, and a lot more, maybe more apparent paths, especially when you're first getting started. Um, we also take the blizzard approach because the product is a beast. 
right? And anytime you have a fog of war that extends so big, we have employees that come in and they don't know everything in two months. And it's their job to work with Service Monster 40 hours a week. So we take the blizzard approach, which is easy to learn, hard to master. Um, and it's not hard to master because we intentionally made it hard to master like blizzard. Um, but it's hard to master just because of clearing that fog of war and the sheer size of features that we um, and the depth of features that we offer. So I would say that don't get too distracted by all of the secondary and tertiary things that you can do. Focus on the scheduling and focus on the invoicing, how you're going to use the app every single day. Focus on getting those jobs on the schedule, collecting enough information to be going on with, collecting the payment, you know, recording the order, start building up that history or have it imported from QuickBooks Online or one of the other sources that we import from. And um, and then just start using it and and get that basic training, um, which you can do on your own. Again, we have amazing help. Mary's doing a, a super good job putting all that together. Um, and the mobile should be fairly intuitive and easy to use. So I would encourage you to just do it. Just do it. And then don't get distracted, again, by those secondary and tertiary features and feel like you're overwhelmed. Get the basics down first. Then when you understand how all those things relate and you have a nice clearing of the fog of war, you understand the map a little bit better, uh, then you can venture out into the suburbs and the uh, rural areas. Yeah, that's exactly it. Keep your focus narrow. Um, we've, we've been driving the onboarding process. Like Joe said, there's, there's improved help all through the app. There's more uh, coming. I mean, Mary's pumping out content left and right. And we'll keep, you know, we'll keep that content train going, believe me. But um, this is kind of a quick little note. If you're an admin or a manager and you're in a service monster or a six, you can actually go to the, the subscription manager. It's a little features button on the uh, left navigator there. And you can turn off some of the, uh, the pages of the navigator you don't visit necessarily, especially when you're new. If all you want to focus on are accounts, orders, and, and, and the schedule, then just maybe for the first week or two, just turn off those other, those other sections so you don't get so, so lost in oh my gosh, I can look at all these dashboards. I can look at all these reports. I can go look at the marketplace and look at integrations. And oh my gosh, we can use Zapier. Oh my God, we can use Zapier. We can do Zapier for anything. And then you get lost in that, that just like, what are the, the possibilities that I can use with this? And that's great. I mean, we, we want you guys finding those, those, those like said, the, the master level kind of class items. But yeah, you don't have to do it all at once. You know, Not one big stair step, a bunch yep. of little ones. Michael's all right. Scott Free over here. So the last one's um, a fun one because it's 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 kind of an excuse that gets uh, touted a lot, and it's not necessarily that the excuse doesn't exist because this is problematic. Um, but hey, Joe, I'm, I'm stuck in a contract, or I'm scared I won't be able to transfer my data. I've been I've been collecting this data for 20 years in this random CRM that was built hand hand built for my company, and what do I do? Or you know, I'm with another CRM and. Like, what am I going to transfer over? Am I going to lose a bunch of data? Like, what's going to happen there? Yeah, there were two parts of the question. What did you start off with again? So, so if, you're, if, if you're stuck in a contract versus gotcha. the, contract the data, data issue. Data. So those are two separate issues, kind of, right? The contract thing is, what's the actual cost? You know, if you threw 1200 bucks at it and you're, six, and you're six months in, and so you say, oh, I've got 600 bucks left. That's true. Um is it worth frying your business over? Because this is the same problem as the data. If you actually have an issue and you're leaving money on the table because of features sets that you could be utilizing or a, 
smoother process or you can get your team better evolved. You can get access to your KPIs and reporting. Those are things that will move the needle. If they move the needle on a business doing 400 grand a year, I would hope that needle movement would be more than the $600 you're worried about um, maintaining. So it's already paid for. That cost is sunk. It's gone. Um, doesn't matter. Now it's the opportunity cost of not moving versus how much supposed dollars in your liability account you have, right? So I would say caution on that. Um, but it's the same problem with the data problem in that every day that problem gets worse, not better, because that more data entrenched into your business uh, means the less likely you're going to want to move. And they count on this. Um, you know, for us, we make it easy. If you want to move, we can give you whatever data in whatever format you want. The problem is, is importing it, right? They don't spend a lot of time on that. We have more import, direct imports options than any other vendor by far. Stuff that's arcane and been in the cleaning industry for decades, you know, um, we know how to pull data over for it. The question is fidelity. If you're coming from something like, you know, ACT or Goldmine, that's just completely out in left field, um, which happens when corporate people turn carpet cleaners, because those were the sales tools and CRMs that were early in the, in the corporate days, uh, then you're going to lose a ton of information. The optimum way to think about this is if you can get your basic accounting information and contact information, you're going to get the bang for the buck. So if you get your account information, your name, address, phone number, you get the invoice history, payment in history, um, and then the line items off those payments to create your price list. That's a huge leap forward. That's the biggest part of the needle that'll move. Uh, yeah, you might not get the notes. And I know those are important. I'm not going to try to argue that. Um, and you can reference them in the old system if it's something you've purchased or you have a contract that's still running. But um, to not move because of that level of fidelity, assuming there's an ROI on moving, um, it's, it's just another excuse not to. It's going to be a challenge. You're going to have to eat that. And the longer you wait, the worse it's going to get. Yeah, you said it perfectly. Um, you even referenced the uh, sunk cost fallacy. And it's something that, that I struggle with. Uh, we all do. It's literally a psychological thing where it's like, I invested in this. I don't want to let go of that because, because, but they I don't want to be on, wrong. Yeah, exactly. confirmation bias. Right. But they miss out on the opportunity costs. I mean, I'm going to get myself in trouble, but I guess I'll just go back to the relationship analogy here. How many of you, how many of you guys have been in a bad relationship, but you stuck around and sort of ignored? like the red flags and things like that, because you were scared of being single. You're scared of like, not the, maybe there isn't someone else that is better out there. I've invested all this time in this person. I got them to know my favorite, my favorite foods. I got them to know like they're, they're into star Wars. Oh my God, they like star Wars. Um, you know, I'm being totally silly here for no reason, but the idea is that, you know, you still, the, you can walk away. That sunk cost is already invested. Like Joe just said, the money's already spent. And so like that's not going to change whether you stay or go. It, like if there's if there's a better opportunity somewhere else, then definitely to keep that in mind. And if not, then wait until that's over and, and re revisit. Um, or revisit before it's over, like right before right. it's over. <laughs> right. Right. Don't don't, don't wait to the end and then not have access. <laughs> right, because they're going to try to push the needle, and then you'll sign up for a year, and then they got you again because because it was easier to not move. 
right? So the other option too, I you, you definitely kind of touched on it because we have multiple options. Some of you carpet cleaners, you old schoolers who have, have Camelot, we can bring over pretty much everything, like literally almost everything. Yeah. So if you guys are ever, ever nervous about that, come on over. Um, but yeah, like we, we focus heavily on last invoice dates and things like that. So even if all you have is Excel data, if you can tell us the date that they last got invoiced, then we can bring their basic account basic um, account information over and we can get those marketing campaigns rolling. So you can still have the reminders hit when they need to hit. And That's the biggest they have bang some, for the buck. Yeah, yep. exactly. And if they have, uh, you have the ability with your current CRM or wherever the data is housed to get that into QuickBooks online, you can bring over not only the account information, you can bring over the actual invoices themselves. You can have all of the invoice information and basic notes. That actually comes over. It's a very robust kind of integration. And on top of that, the biggest one I always hear is, well, I'm going to lose my schedule. Unless you guys are scheduled out, you know, 12 months, which some of you guys are, especially if you have every, every recurring business, like I'm, I'm definitely, you know, sympathetic to that. But if you're scheduled out just a couple of weeks, then, you know, A, you can just work off of the old system for a couple of weeks as you, as you transfer over, just do it kind of with some double data entry. Or B, if they can connect to Google Calendar, get it into Google Calendar, kind of a universal like placeholder spot, and then we can read that, right? So Different there's multiple ways. ways. Tackle yeah. the problem. That's right. <laughs> exactly. So, so, yeah, we should have some fanfare. should drop some balloons. Just I'll pretend that Justin did that for all of you guys on the live stream here. Uh, so it's got to be coming up on a year then, though, right? Because oh no, no, we don't do. Wait, fifty? We only yeah, do been, one. It's been over every year. Yeah, yeah, it's been like eighteen two, months, I think. Yeah, that's crazy. Seems like just yesterday, sitting across the table from me, Joe. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Holy crap! COVID time. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, those are the, the kind of the top 10 reasons we came up with uh, why you might not be using ServiceMonster. If you guys are interested in taking a look, go ahead and you know check out our website, maybe give our sales team a call or just you know sign up for that trial. All right, let's go faster. Yes, <laughs> must go faster. All right, ServiceMonster news, exciting stuff. Um, mobile has a release that's coming out. It, it, we have a small one and then a bigger release coming out here in just another week or two as well. Um, we updated the lead source selection and uh, a creation portion of the forms. So it wasn't super intuitive um, when you're creating a new lead source or even searching for an existing one. So we updated that little section of the form a little bit. You'll notice it on, on the quick ad, on the new order form and so forth. But uh, it's easier to notice when you're actually creating a new item. And you guys who use the marketing group section, you can group your lead sources. So if you guys heavily use that feature, you no longer have to do double entry to get back to the office. So hope you guys like that. And then pay attention on the next podcast. We'll have some more mobile information coming. Super exciting stuff. Desktop. Like Joe said, um, right after this podcast, actually, we're just, I got, you got the QA team working, typing here in the, in the background. Um, but release 6.5.4 is, is going to launch. And uh, the big ticket item is the agent and agent limited security roles that currently exist only in Service Monster 5. They're being brought to Service Monster 6 and expanded in some ways. Um, so it's easier for them to not get uh, kind of bogged down in the system because it's easier to hide items or sections in 6 than it is in 5. So they get a very clean UI, only see what they need to see. Um, and we're excited to bring that to you guys because I know this is a big reason why some of you haven't been able to move from 5 to 6. You have agents who can't log in. 
And so obviously we understand that we're excited to get this out. There's also some other um, interesting things. Uh, we noted, I noted this in Smug a couple weeks ago, but uh, the My Activities view. So when we brought the agents over, wanted to give them a homepage that was just dedicated to things that they were assigned. So My Activities. And we took that to the activities list. So any of you who are logged in can just quickly navigate to just see what are My Activities. I don't want to see everyone. So I just want to see My Activities. And you could already filter this down in the panel view, but we wanted to give you guys that list in the grid view because I know some of you prefer that. So. Uh, the same lead source dialogue improvements are on desktop that were on mobile. So just made it a little bit easier to create a new one. It's a little bit more intuitive. And we allowed you to be able to select that marketing group right there in the dialogue itself. So again, if you guys use that to group your marketing and lead source efforts, there you go. You can do it right there on the fly. You don't have to do, you don't have to backtrack. So, and then the last thing I'll chat about, because the rest you guys can just check out in the release notes, but we made a couple of updates on the schedule version 2.0. So we had a big thread on Smug, and this is another thing that proves, you know, you guys, you guys chat about this stuff. Joe and I definitely pay attention. So, but there was a lot of talk on the schedule that uh, users felt that they were confused. They weren't really sure what day they're going to be looking at because they want their week view to always be Monday through Sunday, no matter what, or Sunday through Saturday, no matter what. And they would navigate away from the schedule, come back, and all of a sudden they're looking at, you know, Thursday through Wednesday, and they don't know why that happened. And the reason for it is pretty complex. I won't necessarily go into the nitty gritties of it, but we have an option that rather than showing a full week, your standard, you know, Sunday to Saturday, like I just said, you could just view everything from the current day forward. So you're only forward thinking. What that would do is it would, only, it would show the next seven days, for example. So if it was today, it'd be Thursday through Wednesday, right? Well, those two settings kind of conflict with each other because if you're navigating through the system, the schedule needs to know if it's going to be, you know, a week view or just this day moving forward. And so we kind of split them apart a little bit. And what that means is that first off, if you have the week view setting, it's going to maintain that. If you click navigate away from the schedule and come back, it's still going to have your Monday through Sunday or Sunday through Saturday view. Um, it'll scroll to the day if you specifically selected a day. So it'll go to that week and then scroll to it. Um, and if you're a current day user, it'll work just like it normally has. Like you'll just see what's what's new. And yeah, we're excited about that. There's also some UI improvements to make it easier to see which day the map is selected. I don't know how many of you guys currently um, utilize the map feature as much on Schedule 2.0. It's one of the things we want to maybe make some improvements on. But when you click the column header, that's the day that the map will show. You can open up the map. It'll show you what day it's looking at. You can select the other days. Um, and it'll have a little map icon to show you, hey, this is the day we're looking at. So... Those are just a couple of things that we updated, uh, made the font a little bit larger on the days, just some little kind of UI tweaks. And there's more coming. We just wanted to get a quick update for you guys to uh, address this issue because it seemed massively important based on the feedback we got in Smug. So excited to get that to you guys. The only other thing I'll mention really quickly because I hope that Alan is listening. Uh, we updated the Documents tab. You can rename Documents. There's some other things you can do, but you guys can rename Documents. Ooh. It's easier to work with. You can also preview PDF files. So those are two things that have been heavily requested for a while. So if it's a PDF file in that document section, you can preview it. You don't have to download it. So if you guys are curious about more, check out that what's new section. Michael's going to update it here as soon as we um, push out the release. Well, full release notes on there. You guys can preview that on your own time. So, And with that... Let's let Michael chat for a bit. Yay. Michael's talk symposium. Hello. I, I'm also here. Yes. <laughs> um, 
just been hanging out. Uh, that's good. That's good. Though. It's fun listening to you guys go back and forth. Honestly, I really enjoy it. Um, but yeah, so symposium, we'll just uh, breeze through this real quick. So symposium coming up in three weeks, your tickets now link in the description, show notes, wherever. If you're listening to this after the fact, servicemonster.net slash symposium. Uh, it's all over our social media too. You really can't miss it. Uh, so five of the speakers that we're going to talk about real quick. Um, we have Perry Tate. He's going to be speaking. Um, he's the founder of Reach It Poles. So water-fed poles for window cleaning. Love Perry. Um, and do you want to just give a brief little spiel on each of them, Joe? Yeah, I'll, I'll try to make it brief, but I love Perry. He has this very interesting perspective and unique outlook based off his life's journeys. He's Australian. Um, he lives in China. Um, his wife's got family in Beijing. He was near uh, Wuhan when the pandemic hit. He was able to get him and his son uh, off the uh, mainland um, before they did their full lockdown. Um, yeah, Reach It Poles is, is a great product. And uh, he's just a very social and likable guy. Um, so I've been friends with Perry now for going on four or five years and just watching what he does and I just have a lot of respect for him. Yeah. His, uh, he was on the cleaning podcast with you talking about coronavirus right after that all happened. And that's actually our most listened to cleaning podcast episodes. So yeah, pretty cool. It's a good one. Um, we also have Steve Tobirin, uh, speaking, um, Joe, what Dude, about Steve? Steve's crazy. Like he's a, he's a pillar in the community. He's like, he's been around for a very long time and he is educated I don't know, countless thousands of cleaners over the decades. And Steve's never been one to, you know, do it for the flash or the money or the fancy. He does it because he loves teaching. And you can see that his approach to everything is bringing value. Um, and he's usually fairly reserved in his approach and how he delivers that. Some of the newer generation can be a little bit more flamboyant, you know, um, and Steve is just old school business respected um integrity means a lot to him and so mm -hmm. yeah i was honored that he was able to come i was i was wondering and i was worried that he wouldn't um not worried worried like you know but man having steve tobiran at the show um it, it means a lot to me so it's very cool we're very excited to have him yeah, we are. Uh, Courtney Lee, he's a carpet cleaning business owner. He's going to be speaking on customer service. So what's the uh, what's the, the deal with Courtney here? Courtney's great. Another social kind of socialite figure. Um, has a handful of um, interesting ideas that, that him and I box over occasionally. But he's always kind hearted, you know, uh, coming at the, you know, his point of view. And he's got a lot of great experience. And so um, he's definitely willing to share that. And I think that, you know, what he's doing is important when, when he shows and demonstrates the reality of um, of what this gig is all about. Right. So and then he does a lot of things off on the side, too. But we're very excited to have Courtney join us. Yeah. Sorry. Before you jump ahead, Michael, I've been watching Courtney now for probably about 18 months, somewhere between 15, 18 months. Um, he's heavy in the Cleaners Connect forum, but he's also he's all over Facebook. He's in multiple groups. Um, but the thing I think that resonates with with a lot of users with Courtney is he's very he's very open, he's very honest. I mean, he just kind of documents his journey and he gives a lot of really solid advice, especially for those who are starting yeah. out. Totally. I think he said he's been going on eight years now as a business owner. I, I want to say that that's. Um, I mean, he'll, he'll clarify like that. But um, 
yeah, he's been making some heavy strides and he's done a lot of the social media game very well. So definitely. Yep. Yeah. We also have Brandon May. Um, he's a little bit more of a unique figure in this space. He was a college football player. Um, now he's a motivational speaker and author. I know you've uh, known him for a little while here, Joe. So what's uh, what's he bringing to the table? Yeah, my favorite thing about Brandon, he's got his hands on everything, but his real passion is building community and teaching kids just how to be upright, stand up, good people. Um, that's what his passion's all about. And so, and everything he, he gets involved in, he likes to have that flavor. So it was great that he was able to join us and, and uh, thinks we're worthy of his effort. Um, he has a part-time cleaning business. His main source of income, as I understand, is real estate. Uh, he does a bunch of real estate, but as part of having real estate, you need to clean stuff. So why not have a cleaning company too that he operates uh, part time? So, um, and but I see a lot of his social activity is geared around um, teaching and talking to the youth and getting them a good example of of what hard work, ethics, and uh, caring about other people looks like. Yep. Uh, Bruce Deloach is going to be there as well. He was also a guest on the cleaning podcast. So we're getting these getting a lot of cleaning podcast people here, which is awesome. Um, he's a business coach. Um, that podcast with him is great. So what's, uh, what, what's the history there with Bruce? Well, I mean the history his and, and I just wrote an article for his, um, for his publication and they asked me to write it and asked me to write it. And then I forgot about it and then it was late <laughs> And so the, basically the article was about me not appreciating my friendship with Bruce <laughs> and how we all get the, um, we all get the relationships that we want to move forward on that we know will be beneficial to our business that we know will always be available to us. And those things put it on the B list forever because you're focused on the fire, you know, what you're spending your priority time, your A list is the critical stuff. So if you got something reliable that you know you're going to get to that will be a benefit, you always make it second best and you never get around to it. So I, I was able to encapsulate that in the article that I gave him as an apology. Um, Bruce and I have been friends now for going on, I mean, 16 years. And uh, we met over kind of contentious circumstances, not between him and I or us and Service Monster, but um, with a mutual um, acquaintance as it were. Uh, uh, but we met each other through that process and we knew looking across the table, it was like, he's somebody with integrity. He was somebody who's genuinely trying to help. Uh, he's at ISCRC certified teacher. He's, he's, uh, he's just an all around great guy. So super happy to have him there as well. Yep. That's it. Um, I mean, we're doing the podcast next week, so we'll talk a little more about the symposium, but it's coming up here. So make sure to get your tickets now. And with that, Adam, do you want to go back into Entree Joe? But I love hearing you speak so much. So, I mean, no, well, I can um, do it. Too. I can read we'll, it too. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll go through the Entree Joe a little bit uh, quickly here. We're already, I think, at the hour mark. So. Yeah. As much yeah, as I'm are. sure you guys love listening to our voice, um, we'll keep trying to provide let's, the value. Let's but, skip Entree Joe. Quick, yeah, we can do it next it? week. Yeah, and and Mike, monitor the live. If they start yelling that they want it, then we'll do it. But I don't think that's okay. going to happen. So let's get okay. it. <laughs> uh, if you guys want the Entree Joe post, um, you know, make sure you're following and so forth. So, so let's jump into Smug. Uh, we have a couple of quick ones and then a little bit of a longer one. Um, Mike had asked, uh, how, how to turn on six to sync to a Google 
Google Calendar. And uh, we just thought it'd be nice to just point out the reminder, all of our integrations um, connect in the marketplace. A couple of them, I think it's mainly QuickBooks. You can connect in the QuickBooks section, um, but everything connects in the marketplace. So you can go there, you can, you can peruse through the various uh, tiles there, or you can just do a search, right? So if you just want a Google Calendar and your eyes are deceiving you, you can't see it, just do a little search for Google and it'll pop right up. And then just look for, for that little configuration tab. Boom, all of it's handled there. So uh, the next one came from Matt. And he asked for help on six. Uh, he was looking for information on how to see his, his customer list broken down into each city. And I, he, he couldn't find that option. And there was some great um, assistance from various users. So we always appreciate that. We'll always shine a light on that, like we always say. Um, but there's a couple things you can do. One is you could, you know, pull in all the columns that you would need on, on the account list, export it to Excel and run some filters over there, right? Just sort it the way that you want. Um, there are a couple of reports that will break down by city as well. If you want to utilize that, you can also just on the, the customer list there, again, bring the columns on, make sure you have all the columns of data that you want and just do a sort on the uh, city call. So you could just say, hey, I only want to look at those that are in Seattle. Boom. And I only want to look at those that are in Bellevue. Boom. Or just you know, sort A to Z, right? And then peruse through at your leisure. Some of you guys might have 5,000 accounts. It's not quite as easy as others, but um, yeah. So again, the report name, I'm sorry, I glossed over that, is invoice totals by region. So if you guys go there, you can sort by the city. So um, the... The, the third one is kind of what we already touched on, and I just wanted to thank Josh for bringing this um, to our purview. Um, he's the one who started the big thread. It was almost exactly a month ago um, talking about, he's like, hey, well, I'm trying to use SM6, but I feel like I have to stop and go back into five to truly understand my schedule because I'm getting lost um, because the start day of the week transfers on me. I never really 100% know, and I feel like I have to always double check to make sure I'm looking at the right data. Um, and so he kind of brought that forth and we had tons of discussion. Uh, we had a different um, Josh chime in and say, hey, maybe it's just a Josh problem, but I, I have this as well. Uh, Matt um, said the same thing. The start of the week changes on its own, depending on how he's navigating to the schedule. Um, even with that setting turned on properly. And so again, all of this is being addressed in this update that's coming out today. We're, we're very, we're, we're segmenting the current day versus the, standard week view, right? So that they behave differently the way you guys would expect. Um, there were some other things that were brought up too, just about, you know, Dan made sure like, hey, when anytime we're utilizing something on the platform, just try to make sure that we're remembering the personal settings, various reports, screen views, and so on. So all of this is noted. There's further changes coming to the schedule in, well, we're going to start working on them in uh, Q1 of 2021. We'll, we'll give you guys actual release dates as they are closer. Um, but we really appreciate the feedback. We hope that this update um, is another bridge towards making sure that you guys are satisfied on that front because we know the schedule is the most important place on the app. So we're definitely going to do everything we can to make that the greatest experience you guys can have. And with that, Joe, that's all I got. Cool. Michael, you got anything else? Nope, we're done. Awesome. Very good. Got Thank it. you so much for your attention, everybody. 
Uh, sorry, we went a little long and long winded today. Maybe it should have been a top five reasons, <laughs> but uh, we do appreciate you. We want you to go out there and thrive and stay safe until next time. Have a great one.